hate um, I've been practicing with not just the fact that we find ourselves in this circumstance where we're relying on this technology where we can't be together and be sharing presence in that way. But one thing we can do, which is particularly appropriate because we find ourselves in extraordinary times, just wildly unstable. And we really literally do not know what's going to happen next. So one thing we can do are do exercises together. And I'm going to offer one tonight. A practice that we can do together, but also when we're walking, also in the midst of our lives, knowing that we're all trying the same exercise and that it's something that can be done everywhere. It's something that doesn't depend on special circumstances, like a retreat center or very quiet conditions in a home. It's something that can be done inside or outside, and no matter what is going on, and I just wanted to say that many years ago, I used to tell people about special experiences that I had. And I was kind of like Johnny Appleseed. It was like, I, let me tell you about this really special experience I had. And I'm really glimpsing the, the light behind everything, the luminosity of life beneath it all. And I just had to spread the good news. And I found out that nobody wanted to hear it. They just weren't particularly interested in my special experience. And it fell upon people like, I don't know if you've ever heard people talking about their extraordinary children and their super accomplishments, how the hell hands on you. Exactly, I'm getting some body language. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it. And nobody wanted to hear about my glimpse of white light, my perfect experience of the falling away of all impediments. So over the years, I've shifted to sharing my neurotic patterns and obstacles and difficulties to the point where I feel obliged to tell you this is not a cry for help. <laughs> it's really not. It's not a cry for help. I am fine in my damaged way. The reason I sh shifted to sharing that kind of material is I wanted to read a quote from Carl Jung um, that I love. Enlightenment consists not merely in seeing luminous shapes and visions, but in making the darkness visible. The latter procedure is more difficult and therefore unpopular to make the darkness visible. And what we're engaged in together, and this is a real sangha, which really touches me. We're so lucky to have each other, is that we're learning that this work of opening to notice and attention in us that doesn't judge, doesn't care. It doesn't depend on falling upon something glorious. It, you could be seeing something quite painful or quite dense or quite dark. 
and the same work is being undertaken. The work of opening up the heart and mind, the Bodhi mind, opening up to discover that we're not just our patterns, we're not just our habits, we're also a greater attention. And um, sometimes people have asked me because there are a fair number of therapists and psychoanalysts and psychiatrists and other people who, who, who are part of our Sangha, what's the difference between psychotherapy and what we do here? And I would say, in a word, it's the audacity of the aim. Because the aim of this practice is to bring this light of attention and the freedom it brings all the way to the cellular level, to your DNA. A complete freedom. Complete freedom. That's the promise. So that sounds like, great, but how can we begin to achieve this? Seen, this is typically the point when there's a promise of freedom right in the midst of your life. When people can begin to pull away a little bit because it sounds like it's just going to veer into either platitudes or, I don't know, some kind of exotic Eastern philosophy or something that might be romantic, but not applicable. So I am going to tonight describe some exercises. There are two, and it really makes one effort that we can do together that will begin to show you that the way that we open to this broader attention that's unconditioned is by number one, we come home to sensation, we come back to sensation. And that's another point I want to make. On Thursday night, several people talked about how much they dislike the expression coming home because they didn't like their homes because home for them was a place of great agitation or, or unhappiness. So I want to make the point that, first of all, you know what I'm talking about, coming back to sensation, not to a memory of your childhood or an unhappy situation now, to your sensation. But also, and more importantly, at any point in this practice, if a word doesn't land right, don't use it. Don't worry about it. Reject it. And just come home. And do please feel free to tell me. But um, this will come up again and again for you. Just notice oh, this for some reason is, is triggering. That's interesting. It's another object for investigation. So anyway, our practice in the midst of everything is to come back to sensation number one. And tonight I'm going to propose when we sit that instead of just coming back to whatever appears in sensation, take two places in your body, your shoulders where your arms attach to your shoulders, that shoulder joint and hip joint where your legs attach, those two places. See if you can feel it right now. Shoulders and hips. Shoulders and hips. And you're still listening to me. This is part of it. 
this is like we're going to go into a form of practice for when times get really weird. And you begin to see that you can feel your shoulders and your hips right now. Even with your eyes open, you can have sensation. You can have the sensation. And here's the sec second part of what we're going to try. And this is something you can try during the week. And it's very interesting. I was doing it this afternoon. Um, you take, imagine like, you know how we talk about the space around us, like three feet, the territorial imperative or whatever they call it. There's a kind of area, there's an atmosphere around us that we can feel. Just like a planet has an atmosphere, you have an atmosphere, people have an atmosphere. And I know now we're doing social distancing, so we have a lot of space, hopefully, unless we're in the White House, apparently. But um, I digress. We, we have a lot of space, so we can practice this and we can feel our atmosphere. And that our thoughts and our images are part of this atmosphere. And we can begin to feel when our thoughts go way out, way out. And we're thinking about Washington or we're thinking about New York or our thoughts are going far away, when it occurs to you, gently bring your thoughts and your attention back to your atmosphere, which is in the present, its presence. And you will, you will be walking along or sitting quietly, feeling your presence inside, with the help of the sensation of the body, shoulders and hips, and the space like three feet around you, which is about what you feel when you're present. And you will stray again. You will forget. And you will be planning when you can finally get out of here. You will be picturing your beautiful trip to Morocco or Ethiopia. And then you'll notice, oh my heavens, I'm so far away, and you come back again. And you begin to see, and we're going to sit for a moment, and I'll just leave that aside, that this presence that I'm incessantly speaking of has a material substance to it. It's something we can actually feel as an energy, a vibrancy, and that we can make this effort and it, and it will produce in us a kind of concentration, not in the sense of mental concentration, but something that's very grounded and alive. And it's this exercise of return. So tonight I'm saying atmosphere instead of home, because home got bad reviews. But it's this, this movement of return to the present and to presence that grounds us. And at the same time that it grounds us, it opens us to a brighter, lighter attention. And that these two things together, this action of concentration, samadhi, concentration, and opening, mindfulness, leads to what is called 
insight, which is not just another thought, but a seeing of what's true. What's the next step? What should I do? And it's something very direct and very simple. And we begin to see that this freedom doesn't depend on resolving everything or being completely free of neurotic patterns, which was, of course, my aim in unpacking my, neuro <laughs> my neuroses. But like the ability to begin to see the light in the midst of it all, in the midst of it all. A, a kind of light and a kind of ease and a kind of peace. No matter what's going on. So let's sit and see if, see what we see. So we take a comfortable seat and notice what's comfortable for you. And upright is, is wonderful. Because when we're upright with a straight back and a neck at ease and the head resting on the neck, we have a certain poise and openness. And we let our eyes close. And just notice, notice how it feels to be in a body. And as the body begins to soften and relax, let the attention come to the shoulder joints and the hips. No instructions, just notice them how they feel. is that we can feel the gravity of the body. And see that when you go into thinking, you can come back again to the body and to the shoulders and the hips.
And notice at the very same time that you can feel the atmosphere around you. Don't think about it, just let it be stillness. See that when you begin to think, and it, it never stops, you can gently bring the attention home to the body and the atmosphere around the body, close to the body. Noticing that you can feel the body inside and outside. And feel how this movement of return to sensation and to the atmosphere around us settles us down and also brings a vibrancy, a practice. 
be felt. Notice that you can return to sensation anytime. And that you can call your attention back to the body and the space around the body. Notice how it feels. To be with life in the present moment. And notice that when we do this, we feel grounded, yet open and accompanied by life. By a presence.
notice that we get taken far away and that we can also come back. we begin to remember that the body has a life. begin to see that there's a light of attention inside us and outside that isn't thinking, it's closer to sensation, seeing.
noticing that the stillness around you is also full of life. Vibrancy. Beginning to notice that there's more to you than thinking. Notice that there are energies inside you that also surround you.
letting yourself sink into the body. Letting yourself be supported by these energies inside and outside. Supported by life. Thank you for your practice, um, the practice that we shared. And I am happy and eager to hear any questions or observations you may have about the practice. Yeah, Harley. It was, it was wonderful to, um, to feel the shoulders and, and to feel to feel th those parts of my body because I found it to be quite relaxing. There was there was a part of me that just witnessed that. And um, there was a certain comfort in that. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that. And also I have a quick question about that Carl Jung um, comment you meant. You meant, he, you said it was about bringing the darkness into the light. I wasn't sure if, I, I hadn't, I, I wasn't clear about what you were referring to with the darkness, is the darkness that part of us that I was perhaps referring to that, that witnessed the shoulders and, and the movements of the body or the darkness of like things that we try to keep hidden that keep us from our, our true selves. Yeah, um, the Carl Jung quote was making the darkness visible, that enlightenment doesn't consist in just seeing the luminous, but in making the darkness visible. and. You know, I'm not speaking for Carl Jung, but what I think he means and what I understand is that we tend to prefer these positive, beautiful sights um, in our practice or feeling of ease or joy. But um, the invitation is to see even difficult emotions um, and darkness would include doubt and despair, a depression, a difficult pattern, loneliness, um, desolation, to turn the attention to that um, and not without any kind of discriminating judgment to just see, and this too, and this too, and this too. Which is a way of releasing these things, correct? Well, even that's like too much doing. It's like um, we're, we begin to uncover, it's interesting, We've, we're constantly striving to avoid pain. Definitely. Yeah, everybody's nodding, of course we do. I mean, who wants pain? And I once heard from a Buddhist monk, a definition of the ego is a defense against pain. It's a very fancy, complicated defense. And it serves us very well. But in this practice, and this is where it, it's so interesting and kind of counterintuitive, um, we're invited not to 
try to get rid of pain or resolve it, but to just see it, to just see it, to refuse to reject it. So that the practice in life, that's why there's, if you can remember the shoulders and the hips and the sensation. So you're grounded in sensation. And up comes a very difficult feeling. Or you feel a wave of anxiety or panic or a depression sweeping in. And at that moment, with practice, Sometimes you can refuse to reject it. I refuse to reject you. I've actually said this to patterns. I refuse to judge you. You're welcome to be here. And what happens, and not it's not like magic. Where, you know, aha, I have a new way to banish painful feelings. But what you will find is that as you practice this allowing, feelings that were extremely difficult begin to be felt in you as energy. And somehow that story that was connected to a particular emotion that comes up begins to soften and sometimes just unhook. So that something that, this is my experience, things that would come up and you think, oh my God, here comes shame or, you know, the worst feeling. Suddenly, for a moment, it's just energy in the body. And this is a practice of liberation of energy. That's what transformation is. So we have these simple tools like shoulders and hips and learning to be in our present space. But what happens within that, Harley, is transformation. So I think that's what it's about. We're extending the light into the darkest of places. We're becoming transparent. So it's not the events, really, or the feelings or those things. It's the judgment. It's a lot of it. So what we think about it, it's the stories we tell about it. That certain things have to be banished. By energy, are you referring to the sensation? Yeah, yeah. Nothing abstract, but just that feeling that we get away from. We live in our heads. We live in our heads. And again and again, we help each other, and the practice helps us sink into the body and remember the energy of sensation. And sensation can open up and become feeling sometimes. We've all felt this. Like if it's a beautiful sunny day and you're enjoying that sensation of sun and autumn light, and sometimes it can blossom into a feeling of goodness, the goodness of life, or joy, a very simple and direct kind of love. So, yeah, I mean, things that can really be felt and sensed, that's what I'm talking about. And that also, that I've been trying to avoid that coming home. <laughs>
having gotten that feedback. Um, but that feeling that we can find stability, that we are her home, that the, we, habitually we feel like waves at large in the world and kind of at the mercy of these in Buddhism, they call them the winds or the terrible twins, which I always love that expression because I am a twin. So I like thinking of the terrible twins, but the, the way things always become their opposite. Gain gives way to loss. Pleasure gives way to pain. And a moment of success gives way to being in the doghouse. And that we're constantly at the mercy of these changing events and inside and outside in our country, in our world, what headline will greet us tomorrow morning? And this is a practice that shows us that we can drop into presence, into a stability that doesn't depend so much on what's happening out there. And not only are we more than we think, but we're connected infinitely to each other and to life. We're not separate. We cannot be. And a lot of our suffering is around this, what the Buddha would call it delusion, that we're separate, that we're all alone. And we're not. We're inextricably connected to each other and to myriad forces. And the practice is an invitation to relax into that. The Buddha, when he gave his first instruction, told people to sit down in the roots of a big tree and to feel the body inside and outside. And that was very mysterious. And I've heard Bhikkhu Bodhi and other monks just debate what that means until the cows come home. But it's something we can experience very directly. We come home to sensation and we feel the atmosphere around us. And we begin to know, as the Buddha said to Mara, the devil, you don't know the size of my army. And he meant goodness, basic goodness and truth and connection. And as we begin to taste that, we don't have to be so defended because we are defended. We are part of a greater life. And we can really begin, just begin just at moments to relax into that. And then we have each other, we have people who share a wish to live a different way. to take off the armor and open and ground. So let's, let's sit together and dedicate our practice just for a last moment. Just let your eyes close and really sense, feel. And very simple, shoulders and hips.
in the space around you. And allow yourself to feel grateful for this life. The life inside you, the life that surrounds you, your capacity to sense and feel your infinite connection to life, your presence. And offer yourself the wish, may I be safe and protected from harm and danger. May I relax here on earth. May I open. May I be free. And Notice that this wish travels out, it radiates, and we let it go, and we let it touch our community and our own communities and our loved ones and our friends and the people we see on the street. And let it go out and out in all directions, up and down, north and south, east and west. Let your heart and your body and your mind completely open and radiate. And offer the wish to the whole world, including animals and plants, and all people everywhere, without exceptions, may you be safe and well. May you be sane, at peace. May you have the resources you need to be at ease. May you be free in all ways, entirely free. Thank you. Thank you for your practice. Thank you for showing up and pooling your beautiful energy and presence. It really helps the whole world.